0: I'm beginning a sermon series called What You're Gonna Do With What You Got. Each week we'll expand the principles until the end we will have a total principle of stewardship and the management of the resources that God has given to us as Christians. So please take out the sermon notes that have been prepared for you today. King David is bringing the offerings of the children of Israel to the building of the temple. It's a glorious day. And David has worked hard. In fact, David has been very thorough concerning the preparations for this day. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, verses 5 to 9. Now who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today, David said. Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave towards the work on the temple of God 5,000 talents, 10,000 diricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. Anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Shehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced greatly. So the first principle that David understood that day, as the offering poured into the storehouse, As the people gathered together their gold, their silver, and all their precious metals, David understood, in your notes, God gives. God is the giver of all gifts. It is God who gives, and none of the gifts that were pouring into the temple that day were from man, rather it all belonged to God. They came from God, and God gives. We sing in that hymn, we give you but your own in any gifts we bring. All that we have is yours alone, a trust from you, our king. So David tells us that the first principle is that God gives. And in the biblical sense, then you have everything you need to fulfill God's plan for your life at this moment. You do. God gave it to you. See, God has given. Now you may have Some natural reactions when you hear that statement, though. And you are thinking of all the things that you do not have. Or you are thinking of all the things that you feel ill-equipped for. But in the biblical sense, you have everything that you need to fulfill God's plan for your life at this moment. And we're not talking about next month or next year. But for what you need to fulfill God's plan for your life today. You already have been given it by God. See, people will often say, Pastor, if I could just win the $12 million lottery, I would do some great things for the church and for God. We're always looking out there in the future saying, if I had this or if I had that. But the message today, through David, is that God gives. David discovered with the offering for the temple by the children of Israel, That God gives exactly what you need for this moment. And he's not going to ask you to do anything for which he has not provided the resources for. This is not a what-if game. Today it's what you're going to do with what you got game. Principle number one is God gives. Now what part of that principle do you not have trouble understanding? We look at three parts about God and about his giving. In your notes, part number one, God gives his power. If we're going to understand something about a giving God, the first thing we need to know is that God is a God of power and might. In other words, there are things that God must do simply because we cannot do them for ourselves. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, verse 12, where David says, Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Look also at First Chronicles 14, verse 11. So David and his men went up to Baal-perazim, and there he defeated them. And he said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Baal-perazim. Baal, we are as we hear of this awesome power of God on behalf of his own people. It's usually our tendency to take our resources and try to work things out the best through our ability. So we become fleshly and totally dependent on ourselves in our daily strivings. Like the church in Galatia, to which the Apostle Paul was writing. Look at Galatians 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatians, he writes, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. You Galatians, he said, started with the spirit. Now you're striving according to the flesh. Or in the hymn, stand up, stand up for Jesus. There's that phrase that stands out in stanza three. Stand up, stand up for Jesus in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. So you put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer, where duty calls or danger be never wanting there. God gives, and God alone has the power to give. Hymns are great theology. Once we understand that part, we can stop hanging on to our possessions for our security and even our worship. Part one, God gives his power. In your notes, part two, God gives his provisions. God gives his power. God gives his provision. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11 and 14. Yours, Lord, David says, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. And verse 14, but who am I? and who are my people, that we should be able to give as generously as this. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. See, David is convinced that his people are able to give and do acts of worship only because God has provided them in the first place. So in your notes, God will never ask you to do anything, In your notes, God will never ask you to be anything. And God will never ask you to give anything that God has not provided for you. What a lesson. When God asks us to commit ourselves, we sometimes get a little nervous. This is a common scenario. When the pastor or church leader asks someone to teach a Bible class or join a board or to help with a project, it's a very common thing that they get a bit upset. They say they don't think that they can do that. They become tense and nervous. And that's so natural. We've all been there. But then we must remember that God will never ask us to do something. God will never ask us to be anything. God will never ask us to give anything that God will not provide for us. See, God's calling is God's enabling. God's leading is God's providing. God's directing means that God is going to provide the resources for us. See, sometimes we look at our stewardship as if it was somehow based upon our man-made resources. We start biting our spiritual fingernails. Paul was worried about that too. But God said to him in 2 Corinthians, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. See, God was saying to Paul, You don't have to be worrying about your resources. I have provided for you. When one is preaching, there's a principle that you don't use superlatives continuously because nothing is great anymore if everything is great. But just look at how the Bible talks about our God. (coughs) Look at Isaiah 55 verse 7. Let the wicked forsake their ways, the unrighteous their thoughts let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon see when you start talking about God we just have to use superlatives see God pardons is abundant is freely given look at Ephesians 3.19 to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God or 2 Corinthians 9 Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In John 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life. And then there's a comma. And have it to the full. Do you see that comma? Jesus talks about having life, comma. Then Jesus adds, and life to the full. That is abundant life. So I ask each of you, which side of the comma, which side of the comma do you live on today? Do you just have life? Or do you have life to the full? Are you just living? Or do you have the abundant life? See, God is the giver. God provides. In God, there is a love that cannot be fathomed. In God, there is a life that can never die. In God, there is a righteousness that can never be tarnished. In God, there is a peace that can never be understood. A hope that can never be disappointed. A light that can never be darkened. A happiness that can never be interrupted. A strength that can never be enfeebled. A purity that can never be defiled. A wisdom that can never be baffled. But most important, in God, there is a resource that can never be exhausted. So number one, God has the power Number two, God has the provisions. Part three in your notes, God gives his partnership. See, God gives his power, God gives his provision, and God gives his partnership. And that means that I can be spiritually linked with God as a partner, partnership with God. In other words, God gives first so that we will be able to give from his resources. What a one-sided partnership, and it's all in our favor. I don't even think I deserve to be part of that firm, but God provides all the resources. All the goods come from his storehouse. All the wisdom comes from his storehouse. I'm just a partner. Look at what David says about this very partnership. Look at 1 Chronicles twenty nine fourteen and 16. He writes, But who am I, and who are my people? that we should be able to give as generously as this. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand. All of it belongs to you. How can we experience also this partnership? Well, it starts first of all with God giving Nothing happens until God gives first. In your notes, God gives through me to others. The partnership is that God gives to me so that I can pass it on to others. And then in your notes, God gives through others to me. Nothing happens until God first gives. But when God gives to others, it's also to pass on whatever has been given to give to them. God's principle, you see, of giving, giving his power, giving his provision, giving his partnership, is so that we can ourselves become a river. We are not to be a reservoir. Jesus tells us that what we keep for ourselves and do not pass on to others, we begin to lose. Use it or lose it. The moment that I dam up the river, I keep God's blessings given to me, to keeping it for myself, at that moment, I begin to lose them. See, we are always blessed to become a blessing to others. So, principle number one God gives his power, God gives his provision, God gives his partnership. In conclusion, in your notes, know part one, from God's power, I see God's ability to give. And since God is the giver, God has the power and the ability to give. Part two, from God's provision, I see God's willingness to give. See, it's one thing to have the ability to give, quite another to have the willingness to give. When God gives to us, we then have the ability as people of God to also give. As God's people today, we can show our willingness to give as God so willingly loved us. And he gave his only son, Jesus, to suffer and die on the cross for us. In Jesus, we can see God's willingness to give at all. Part three in your notes. From God's partnership, I see God's reason to give. We are blessed to be a blessing to others. This is the most important truth for us today. God loved us and gave himself for us so that we as partners with him can pass it on. We give as he first gave. Our stewardship program And the theme transformed by grace, by faith, by love helps us to think about our giving in response to all that God has given to us. So what you're going to do with what you got? Amen.